Hello, and welcome to Moms Talk Autism. Today, we are continuing on with our grief series this morning. Today, it's all about bargaining. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. Okay, so bargaining. I am not a natural, like, (laughs) person who will haggle or bargain for things. Like, I don't go to the swap meet and, like, try to talk down the person (laughs) to buy the little end table. Like, that's not my jam. Um, but, But that does not mean I have never bargained with myself or bargained with, uh, you know, higher powers as they may be, or the universe or fate or whatever you want to say, especially when it has come to my children. Uh, So that is what we are going to talk about today. All of those, those little phrases and things that we do in our minds to, you know, try to comfort ourselves or try to make sense of what's happening to us um, as we journey through the stages of grief, specifically with our kids and their um, diagnosis of autism. So, all right. How are we doing today, ladies? We're all here today. We're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I don't know about that. I am completely (laughs) Uh -uh. joking. We are not. (laughs) We are not. No. Um, I think we all need coffee or energize this morning. We we, all need to get it together. I do not need either of those, but... (laughs) But we need a nap. I've already Jean had needs a coffee. nap right now. I already had coffee and I'm not done. And it's not, <laughs> I don't really know. I'm we're just gonna, like maintaining. Hook her Are up to an IV. Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> we're just, we're just hanging on everybody. It is um, summer right now. Um, when you hear this, it kind will probably of. be closer. <laughs> well, Tasha's almost done, right? But it'll be closer to the beginning of the school year when you hear this. But um, it's just been it's been a week for all of us. We've got <laughs> people packing and moving and people trying to finish up end of the school year shenanigans and people up with kids all night who aren't sleeping. And I've got a sicky downstairs who <laughs> is watching Toy Story 2 for the third time in a row. And, uh, you know, it, it, I've got my son's 18th birthday and all, real all the stuff. You know, just, real just, yeah, we're, I just, we're all in it with you. This isn't like, we can't, we're not doing this because we have extra time. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this because we want we want to connect with you guys and we feel it's really, really important. And we literally carve out this time. So um, let's get into it. Bargaining. Bargaining is the third stage of grief. Um, that doesn't mean that you will do these all in the correct order. There's not a correct order, but in a certain order. Um, but this stage typically comes after anger. So you, you're in denial. I'll just go over them real quick. Uh, you receive a diagnosis or you receive some kind of trauma or life-changing event, right? There's a denial phase. 
then um, you can get angry about it. And then we go to bargaining. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is specific about someone passing away or dying, but I just thought it was applicable. Um, It says, before a loss, it seems like you will do anything if only your loved one would be spared, right? That that applies to us. Mm -hmm. Please, God, you bargain. I will never be angry at my wife, my child, my whoever again, if you just let them live, right? That's a bargaining tool that we use. After a loss, bargaining may take the form of a temporary truce. What if I devote the rest of my life to helping others? Then I can wake up and realize this has all been a bad dream. We we become lost in a maze of if onlys or what ifs statements. We want life returned to what it was. We want our loved one restored. We want to go back in time, find you know whatever cure sooner, recognize recognize the symptoms sooner, stop this from happening. If only, if only, if only. Guilt is often bargaining's companion. The if onlys cause us to find fault in ourselves and what we think we could have done differently. We may even bargain with the pain. We will do anything not to feel the pain of the loss. Uh, we remain in the past, trying to negotiate our way through way out of the hurt. People people often think of the stages as lasting weeks or months. They forget that stages are responses to feelings that can last for minutes or hours as we flip in and out of one and then the other. I thought that was really important. Um, we can, you can flip back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. quite quickly. We do not enter and leave each individual stage in a linear fashion. We may feel one, then another, and then back again to the first one. And we're just going to say that every time in every episode, (laughs) which is one I keep reminding people. Uh, But yeah, but yeah, I I don't know. Did any of those, um, that description trigger anything in you guys or bring up any memories for you? Yeah, I've been um, thinking about this because this is, we've had this conversation before in the past, but um, um, I also have a I think I have a different set of lenses too coming to the table with it. Um, bargaining is also, it can be a dangerous, um, mm-hmm. a dangerous stage because you then think, well, what if, or I, you got into, well, at least I would find where the diagnostic piece of it comes into play. You know, our child is now diagnosed with this condition, right? And how that, all of those things impact our lives. And um, it's a slippery slope and people sometimes try to outrun, outrun it Mm -hmm. or fix it Mm -hmm. and outrun it by maybe trying alternative methods that could be dangerous Mm -hmm. and harmful. Um, also put you just on a maybe, you know, again, dangerous operating platform in terms of like where you're, where, where you think mentally and your, your perception of your child's diagnostic diagnoses. And, you know, I can see for myself why I didn't maybe didn't do anything like you know, to try on anything alternative that was dangerous or harmful. I do see that me in hindsight now that the whole sprinting phase was me trying to try to, in some ways, kind of outrun it. 
um, trying to catch up and get ahead. And I never really viewed that at that time as a form of marketing, but it is. And Jean, are you speaking in terms of like, okay, well now we need to do A, B, C, D, E, and, and let's hurry and get into all of these, whatever they are, therapies, whatever, just to see if we can catch back up or. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel um, that down deep. Me too. (laughs) Did the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I never, no one, I wish somebody would have even said to me and identify that that's what that, what that was. Right you know, put that label and and frame it in that way. And it would have probably helped me process it and probably think about it differently and make different decisions. Um, And knowing obviously coming to the, it's not that I didn't accept the diagnosis, but accepting the now pace of life that you live and the type of life that you live. Mm -hmm. Um, um, had, I had to come into the other way that bargaining has shown up in my life has been others, right? So it's been, you know, either friends or family that are like, Oh, did you do this? Or what if you try this? Or do you think this caused it? You know, kind of the, the fielding of the perceptions and grief of those around us that is where I've seen the bargaining piece really show up in a, in a prevalent way in my life. And I, I think I was so porous at the time where like, I, you know, so like in the beginning where it's like, you kind of were taking all that on with everything else that you were already taking on that as time has gone on, I have developed <laughs> boundaries, um, for that. And just as like, I understand that you're upset or that you believe or think this way, just, I can't, I can't take that on right now. I need, I've, I've moved on. I've accepted that this is where my son is at. This is my son's diagnoses. You know, I did my diligence. I don't need any other proof. I'm not pondering or back in a questioning phase of like, is it really autism? (laughs) You know, and just even the thought of even going back to that point, even kind of made me feel uneasy and kind of sick to my stomach. So, um, I think, you know, it's important to point out when other people's stages of grief have are also maybe impacting the scenarios your yeah your journey through it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah and a lot of the time i don't think those people even know that they're doing that but they are no and that that makes it even harder (laughs) yeah i mean just i think this country as a whole we we have a hard time around grief in in whatever it is you know so um People just don't know how to respond to it or to respond to somebody walking through it. Um, it most people go into the fix it mode or um, blame platitudes or, or the, let's try platitudes. to find something to bla- blame it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yep. All right, Tashi, tell me about <clears throat> it. Yeah. Um, again, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just the odd one out. (laughs) 
I'm no, you're not. I, I am. I feel like I don't. I feel like maybe now a little more. I don't want to say bargaining, but just praying. You know, like for instance, the other day when Jack was at school, you know, and he and he has his very specific way that he waits to go into the school, and all these kids are in this area, and he stands looking out towards. Um, you know, facing away from the kids and he doesn't really talk to anybody. And, and so I find myself, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily bargaining, but I'm praying like, Lord, just let, you know, let him find that confidence to, you know, try to talk to other children or, or Lord help these other kids to be, you know, more understanding and inclusive and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, but the bargaining for me was, has not necessarily been with, uh, Jack and his diagnosis only because, you know, like I, like just the, the magnitude of the grief journey that Tyler and I went on before, um, you know, when we lost Jameson. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I can give you, I can give you like word for word me, you know, praying and begging for God to take my life and to spare Jameson, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's just very different with Jack. Um, not to mention we just had, you know, like we've talked about in both of our stories, we just kind of already had such an idea and, and Jack was already in, um, these certain therapies before we even got the diagnosis, you know? Um, so I think our, our getting the diagnosis was just a, it just, you know, you know, put it in a nice, perfect package and, and, um, it was the thing that kind of congealed the mixture. Yeah. There just was already like, that was already in the works. That was already cooking. We already had the ingredients going. So it was kind of, it wasn't, there wasn't this, you know, for me praying to God, you know, like, don't let it be this or let, let, you know, it was just, yeah. So I don't know. I always feel well, like I do say I remember. Like I'm the I, weirdo who's not. <laughs> I remember. I remember a very Uh-oh. significant share that you shared Jean with us. and her memory. <laughs> and um, I'm intrigued. It was she's a, pretty she's vulnerable. Call me out right now. All right. It go was ahead. Pretty tell vulnerable. Us. And you were, it was, it was very honest. I think it was. It was very honest in that you can't help but but wonder that. But it was during a time where oh, things got yes. really hard with Jack. Yes. And right. you were also processing some grief with James. Like it was kind of like in a season yeah. of grief with Jameson. Yep. And you were wondering if, well, yeah. what if Jameson wasn't autistic and, you know. Yeah. You know, if, and- if, ja- if Jameson would have lived and, and he wouldn't have been autistic or, yes, right. you're right. that look like? Yeah. 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 yeah, not to trigger you or upset you, no, but I do think. No. Oh gosh, no. I think that is, that's just you can't. I can't. I would have felt and have wondered the very same thing because I miscarried, and yeah. I wonder that. Yeah. You know, right? So yeah. Um. There, there. Yeah, there, there were definitely. Um, there has been seasons with, you know, walking. You know through this last four or almost five years with Jack that, that, um, there, that there has been moments of hard and then just missing Jameson where I have wondered if what that would be like, if, if Jameson would have lived and he wouldn't have been autistic or if he would have lived and would they both be autistic? And, um, and then sometimes, 
just Jack's being his autism being so hard that, you know, I had thoughts. I don't even want to say this out loud, but I'm going to be honest with all of you out there mm-hmm. um, that I wish that it would have been Jameson that lived and didn't have yeah. autism. Um, I think that's very brave of you to say. I have some similar thoughts that oh, I'm I feel share. like I'm going to vomit right now. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> Not that I, I care if anybody likes me or doesn't like me. I, I, and I mean, I do. No. Like, of course, I want. I, I love our audience, but I, but that feels very um, shameful saying that because I don't. Because I love Jack with all my heart, and I would never take away his autism. I would never. I, I he's right. my perfect child, you know. But and it's, anyone who knows you knows that. So. Yeah. And that's no what I would like that. to say is that Dean, thanks for making us go deep. I feel like I'm going to start crying now. <laughs> but everyone always thinks there's not much meat to the whole bargaining thing, but there yeah. is so much, right? Because it is mm-hmm. almost like this pivotal point that plummets us into, you know, and other stages of, of our grief that we're experiencing. Um, and can sometimes, again, if you go the wrong way, it can, you know, have yeah. long-term detrimental effects. So um, but none of these, I think that the, the point is, is that you can both, you can feel all the things, not one feeling is exclusive from the other. Right. So like, yeah, I think we get hooked on that. It's like, well, you can only feel this way about that. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of go through a whole, like, you know, it's almost like I always, <laughs> I always picture the alien in Men in Black who takes over Edgar's body and keeps asking for sugar water. Oh, <laughs> you know, where it's like I don't I even love, remember I love that, how but there. I love how and you he, remember and he's everything. like always trying to like he can't like fit in the skin, and it's like really awkward. It's <laughs> yes. like you're just like a fish out of water, but it's like you're being you're you've been taken over by some alien. Like to me, that's kind of like what it feels like to go through this metamorphosis of our life and these feelings. Right. Anyway, I just want everybody to drink sugar water now. So there, um, <laughs> that's something uh, the I'm going to take with me. Thank you. Jean. It's, it's, it's when they interview the wife and she says, it looked like he was wearing an Edgar suit. It's like, we're all wearing our Edgar suits. Yeah. <laughs> we are all wearing Edgar suits today. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. But no, Tosh, I, I want to bring it back. Like, I do appreciate you saying that. I have mm. felt as I've been listening and started thinking about this episode and what I was going to say, I have had similar feelings at times um, with Austin specifically as we have had some really, really difficult seasons and times with him um, having to deal with behaviors and violence and aggression towards himself and other people, um, it, it can wear on you af- after a while. And as I'm sure Jean can attest, you know, the sleepless nights, literal nights where they are up all night long and then they spend all day, um, in my case, trying to trying to harm me and hit me. Um, you, your, your mind goes to deep and dark places at times. And I have done this on more than one occasion where I've had thoughts go into my mind. I, I, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I believe in an afterlife. I believe in, you know, God and all that kind of stuff. And so I think to myself, as I'm standing in the shower, I get 10 minutes to myself and I'm just trying to just pull myself together for round 23, you know, when I go back out and down to the living room. God, would it be, 
would it be better if you, I, I cannot take care of him? I can't. Right. You're going to do a better job. Yeah. You're going to do a better job. Maybe it's better if you just have him. And yeah. because I'm afraid I'm going to, I'm going to not be able to take care of him. I'm not going to, what, what if something happens to me? Who's going to take care of him then? You know, and, and you start spiraling down and down mm-hmm. and it, um, it takes you, it takes you to, to dark places. Now, those are just thoughts and that's not how I feel all the time. And that's not where I live. Um, I know, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can live in that space for longer periods of time. And I have, and it's, that's, that's kind of my question then for all of us, when we have those thoughts, which are not our fault, it's not because we're bad people or, right. you know, um, or anyone, if you have, you know, those kinds of like, oh, I just can't do this anymore. Like may, maybe, maybe there's somebody else who's better, or maybe, you know, with Jack and Jameson or whatever, what do we do? What do we do to, to bring ourselves out of that, you know, um, out of that kind of deep depression bargaining place that isn't healthy necessarily. It's okay to have those thoughts, but we shouldn't stay there. Right. Sit in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. We can't, we can't sit in it for long. Um, it's a place and it's good to acknowledge it. And I guess that's what I do. I, I can kind of say what I do is I acknowledge what, what I'm doing. I name it. I say it out loud and then I try to talk to somebody about it. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably the best thing I can do. And that's either you ladies or talking to Doug or talking mm-hmm. to a therapist or talking to my mom or whoever you feel like safe saying those things to. I'm mm-hmm. saying them to the whole world now. So here you go, world. <laughs> but, um, but just know that, you know, it, I don't want anyone feeling guilty for thinking those things because I did it first. Right. I was scared to say anything to anyone. And I was, um, I was fearful that it, um, it not only that it made me weak, but that I was a bad person for Mm -hmm. thinking those things. And it's just not true. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I guess that's why I want to share that with everybody. And I think Tosh, you feel similarly, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love that, like that's the one thing that I think I value about this circle that we've created is that like you, so many people think that if they think those things, they are a terrible person. But when you find people or you find a community where you can honestly and vulnerably voice all of those hard feelings that you're feeling, like you two speaking about it gives Jean and I the confidence to also be able to speak about it and know that it's okay and know that it doesn't make Mm -hmm. us a bad person. So just, you know, that vulnerability is so, so important. And I think I would be shocked to hear one, you know, one parent in our position who hasn't thought Mm -hmm. like life would be easier without Mm -hmm. autism. Like that's just, there are there are yeah. so many moments of heart. It's, it's, yeah, it's shown up and in, in within my, you know, my husband's family has uh, other siblings and they all have kids, right? And I think, used to mm-hmm. think all the time, like, well, what if we had those kids and they had mm-hmm. <laughs> our kids, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I'm like, why did, you know, why did we get these kids, right? Why do we get the hard and they didn't. And, you know, I know for Brad, he definitely probably lives in that place much more than I do, but, but they're fleeting. Those are just mm-hmm. kind of like bad moments. 
And I do need to feel them. Like you have to feel them. You have to feel them because if you suppress them, that's when they don't, they aren't fleeting. They do stick. Then they're there. Beneath because the you surface. haven't processed them. Yeah. You haven't yeah. allowed yourself to process yeah. them. They'll fester. I think, yeah. I think for me in this isn't, you know, you asked like, how do you get out of those? You know, like, how do you get out of those moments where you're feeling like that? And I think for me, it's that bedtime reset. Like, I really do approach our life with a one day at a time mm -hmm. outlook. Like, every day is a new day and it's a fresh start. And I know that that, like, sounds cliche um, until you're living in a world where you have to actually process your life that way. Because Mm -hmm. otherwise, it can be too heavy to carry, So, you know, I mean, I've shared with you guys that we're struggling. I think all of us right now have like (laughs) something going on that we're like struggling with. Um, And I I mentioned it a little bit on Instagram, you know, this past week, too. But um, it's that nighttime reset and waking up in the morning with a fresh outlook and not allowing the events of the day before to shape my mood in the morning about how that day is going to be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've had some really hard days with Gracie in the last few weeks. And yesterday was amazing. I had such a good day with her yesterday. But if I had woken up in the morning, assuming it was going to be a crappy day because autism, like I would have missed out on all the really awesome things that happened yesterday. I mean, she had me cracking up. She is so funny. Like she had me rolling with laughter yesterday. So I don't like, there's no magic answer of like how to get out of those hard places. But I do think you have to approach it day by day. Like I just, I don't know any other way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or therapy or even, and you Jesus. Know, you know, mm-hmm. hour mm-hmm. by hour or or phase of, fa- you know, like morning, afternoon, evening. Sometimes you have to even break mm-hmm. it down even smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. do you do, Tosh? I can be- when- oh. oh I <clears throat> no, go ahead, gonna- Oh. <laughs> I was like, I think no. I'm the more cynical one of the group and I just, you know, got my... <laughs> I will second that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, do I have emotion? Emotion from Tosh <laughs> second second and five G minute. Um, I uh, I I can kind of I kind of need a I need a I need a moment to like be in my funk and then I can snap out of it. Um, and it is about finding your people who are going to listen to you. Um, sometimes it's like if you don't find the right person to talk to it can almost escalate it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um and uh can kind of keep you stuck even further but i i have better practices now and i do i am really great at leaning into my call map um to kind of help me sometimes to kind of do like a mental reframing um to just end the process again, identifying it, saying that what it is, what's going on and being able to talk to the right person. It's not like sometimes my husband is not one of those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <All this> stuff. <laughs> um, which is, you know, that's a, that's its own therapy session. Um, ding, ding, ding. Um, therapy with Jean. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's, I, it is, I share a little bit of that too. And knowing 
that 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 tomorrow is a new day. Um, I can't carry in what happened yesterday into the new day. Um, even though I feel sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way, Brittany, but I do feel sometimes because I, I feel kind of in the mode from the day before, um, because I'm trying to resolve and remedy how to prevent it from happening again or to stop sure. it if it's something that's really persisting. Right. So it's like, yeah, it, I can't always, it's not always a perfect reset. I don't know how to ex- explain that, mm-hmm. but I'm mm-hmm. glad that we're talking about that. Um, yeah, it's it. not always, there is carryover. There can be carryover from, especially if there's something physical going on or there's a repetitive pattern or behavior. But um, I feel like we hang on to that more than the kids do. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They tend to reset. I mean, not always. Some behaviors carry over, of course, but mm-hmm. but their attitude, maybe their outlook on the day, they reset faster than I do. So yeah, yeah. It, it's a good mm-hmm. practice and a good way to go to bed thinking that way and and waking up that way, even if maybe we don't execute it perfectly. Mm. It's a good place to try to try to get to, to try to have that in mind, to reset and to think of it as, okay, we're starting over today. You know, youth is wasted on the young. (laughs) So true. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So Tosh, tell me, what what do you do to kind of get yourself out of those dark places? Yeah. Um, I have done a lot of therapy in my life, um, Mm -hmm. especially over the last, um, you know, five years, um, doing some, some deeper trauma therapy, um, EMDR, which has been life-changing. Um, and then also just coming to Christ, you know, um, yeah, that was huge. That was a huge thing for me. Um, and it, and it, you know, this is not me out there saying everybody just needs to find Jesus. I mean, yes, everybody should find some Jesus, but no, um, it, it, (laughs) it, it happened in the way that it was supposed to. And it, and it changed the trajectory of my, of my grief journey, you know, and and it changed the way that I view a lot of things. And, and that reset for me happens through prayer all throughout the day. Um, you know, when I do find myself in those moments of just being, angry or sad or whatever it might be, just, you know, just calling on him and, and, you know, Lord, I'm leaving this in your hands. You, you have a plan. You chose me to be this child's mother, you know, like, um, you know, take, take my, my selfish desires out of it and, and, and teach me how to be better. Teach me how to do better. Teach me how to be the parent that he needs, you know? So, um, Yeah, I, I, I. That's my biggest thing is leaning into God, you know. And it's, it's not to say that oh, <laughs> nothing bad happens anymore or everything's perfect or whatever. But that, that's what has been solid for me for the last few years. I second that too. Um, sometimes when I'm in the car, if I've called everyone I can call, <laughs> I've, I've used all of my people here. Uh, or if people aren't available, or sometimes I can't even speak to anyone because he's so upset having more vocal or, you know, auditory sound around him. It's just not, not a good thing. I need to be silent. I'll just talk, talk. God and I will have a little chit chat, you know, I'll do it that way. I'll verbally speak out loud or I'll whisper or I'll, um, I'll, you know, pray, pray 
out loud and that will also help me. So. Yeah. Thanks I mean, for bringing that up. Having having you girls, of course, is you know one of the best things. And and it, even though we can't perfectly understand, we do understand each other's lives to to a degree, right? And so just being able to share um, openly with each other uh, with with the understanding and the I hear you, wink, wink, like I get it. But also, you girls bringing that just that different perspective or those different ideas, um, you know, of how to go about if it's, you know, something that, that our children are maybe doing or just changing our own, um, mindset or thought process around it, um, is, is huge, you know? And, and I think sometimes, you know, those other people out there, it can be great, but much like Jean said, sometimes, um, you know, pe- down the pe- wrong pe- path. <laughs> people want, people want to fix things, and I get it. Like my husband's a fixer; he's an enneagram too. You know, so he's not always the right <laughs> person to share things with. You know, sometimes I can't share it with Shannon because she's an enneagram too, and I'm like, you and Tyler just want to always fix my issues. True. I just want you to. Li- <laughs> I'm just <True. laughs> um, I just want to sit and sulk with Jean right now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> just. Yeah, let me, t- let me talk about my conversations with the, the higher power above. I'm like, uh, are you, f- insert explicative, kidding me? Yeah. Are yeah. you, insert explicative, serious And I'm right like, now? I'm like, listen, Jean, I will have this conversation with you, but if you say JC one more time, I'm going to cut you off. No. But, but, it, but it is, you know, just knowing where you're at in it and knowing the who's going to be the healthiest person to lean into or mm-hmm. the healthiest yeah. thing to lean into, you know, whether that's a therapist or, or God, or your, you know, your, you know, your autism mom posse or, um, a family member, you know, or, or just some stranger in the grocery store. Cause Lord knows I've <laughs> done that happened before. Yeah. That's <laughs> all, all of the above and yeah. it can change. And that is yeah. something with experience and time, time for sure. You'll find, you'll find what cocktail of all of those things works best for you. You know, sometimes it's just a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and it's sometimes just a fermented beverage and that's my fermented sugar water. It's a disability guys. Sorry. Yes, I am like in la la land today. You guys <laughs> keep me in. We all Ta- are. Put it, somebody okay. put a tape over my mouth. Be quiet. Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's true. Well, yeah, this is a hard stage. It's hard because it's it doesn't seem when you think of bargaining, you maybe think of one thing and if you start digging in a little deeper just like we just did, mm-hmm. you find that we all do it and at varying degrees and levels depending on, you know, where you're at in whatever stage, but um yeah. it is there. And it is something that we continually come back to um not only with the diagnosis and the, you know, the shock or the acceptance of that initial, you know, time with your child, but, but as each stage continues, um, with your child, cause they grow and they change and different therapies come and go and different social interactions will come and go and puberty and just, you know, all, all the stages of our child's life and our own. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's going to continually come back and crop up again, again, and again, um, in various forms. So, um, I really think it it is cliche to say, but acknowledgement and naming what it is, is such a huge part 
of processing, right? Yeah. Uh, with with all of them, you know, I with mean, every stage, with every yeah. stage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you, if you can be self-aware enough to step back and look at it and say, oh my, I am bargaining right now. Like, yeah. okay, what am I going to do now that I know what it is? What am I going to do about this? Maybe I just need to keep, I need to stay here for a little longer. Yeah. And that's it's almost okay. like when you know you're in the comparison trap too. That's also a form yeah. of bargaining. Yeah. Yes. It is. Yes. It is. Yep. Yeah. But I do, I do like what Jean was saying in the beginning, you know, that it is, it can and, and could be a slippery slope into, especially in that early on, um, you know, stage of the diagnosis of, of, you know, going Mach 90 to try to, you know, do all the things to catch your child up, you know, when, when, yeah, it's, I'm not gonna say it's not a possibility, but it's, it's not realistic or going down the the different rabbit holes of, you know, of the bargaining of like, oh, well, if I do this, you know, maybe they will be less autistic or not as high needs, or I can fix this or I can, you know, and, and, um, that is a, a scary part that we, we got to notice and run from if we feel like we're getting there. It almost can be like, I'm going to date denial for a long time. That's what bargaining is. (laughs) Bargaining. I'm going to date denial. (laughs) Me and denial. We're a couple now. We're totally Facebook official. We're the, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Catchy name for that. The, Oh, what did they used to call? Yeah, no, J Lo and Power Couple. No, and and like like Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, or Uh yeah, (laughs) Shipman. We'll have to workshop that. (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, girls, is there anything else that we that we haven't covered with this? This might be a little shorter episode, and that's okay. Yeah, Um, you're welcome, world. You're welcome. Yeah. You're so welcome. <laughs> I mean, we, we could keep vamping on here. Trust me. Like, yes. There's no end to the conversation, but it just might not yeah. all be appropriate or like, you know, topic centered. <laughs> if it's coming from Jean's mouth, it's definitely not appropriate. But... <laughs> no, it's I just. Sassy like, today. Just, you know, like always with any of this to, to give, give yourself grace wherever you're at and, yes. and, and to again, remember that if you have had these different thoughts that, that feel shameful to you or make you think you're a bad parent, a bad mom, whatever it might be that, that it's, that you're not, that this is normal. And this is scientifically proven. It is, you know, like we, we go through this and it's okay. It's okay. It's very common. And something maybe we didn't quite touch on too is because I don't think any of us really went through that is, oh man, if I had only done this when I was pregnant, if I had only noticed this when he was two instead of when he was four, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff where you mm-hmm. can look back and be like, oh, I should have caught this earlier. Yeah, and, or I should and have done this. And put the blame this. on yourself. Mm-hmm. And put the blame on yourself. That's also a bargaining thing. And mm-hmm. it just, you know, acknowledge what it is. It's oh a, yeah. I, I totally did that. <laughs> did you? Yeah. It's, it's not, I mean- it's a valid thing. It's okay to think those things. It's a thought and it comes into your head and it's unbidden, but, but you need to acknowledge it and, and then talk to someone, whoever that is mm-hmm. and make sure that you realize that that's just not true and don't sit right. in there because it isn't, it's, you know, it is what it is and you're doing a good job. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's our overall message that we're trying to say here is we know that we're all doing a good job. We're not doing it perfectly. No. Um, but we are trying. Yeah. And you are too. <laughs> and that's all Real, we ask for. Real long emphasis on the trying. We are We trying. are though. Mm-hmm. We are trying and it's that's that's all anyone can do. And mm-hmm. we love our kids and our kids love us and your kid loves you. And Everybody loves everybody. And, and this is a stage. <laughs> this is a stage that we all go through. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On to the I next stage. I guess that's stage. my cue. <laughs> On to the next so. stage. Let, let's end. Let's end on a little happier note, ladies. Come on, let's pull it together. <laughs> I, don't I think, do have it pulled together. <laughs> what are you this, talking about? This is together. This is. <laughs> I already told you, I'm wearing my Edgar suit today. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, stitch mm. me up. Somebody no, shut us back in there. We love all of you, and and we we. Yep. <laughs> yep. That, okay. that was that was that's it profound. But I think what Brittany was looking for is it's time for peak of the week. <laughs> no, we're no, not. Doing peak we're, not week. we're not peaking. We're not peaking. Oh, no, we're not peaking. I'm, really I'm gonna make sure why to we, keep Natasha's why the only one keeping everybody on. Who's not to peak? Because we didn't do it on the first episode, Shannon. Oh, or the she's second. rolling her eyes. And I'm we're all not, about things being. Fine. You're right. I forgot again. Ruin all of our positivity. Ruin. This is the peaking. This is the peak. This This. is the peak. Yeah. Got it. (laughs) Well, ladies. Okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm just going to say goodbye because we're, we're, we're going (laughs) all over the place. (laughs) See you on the other side. We love love all of you. Hang in there. (laughs) We'll see you soon.